Hey, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to all of you. I'm glad you're here. I know why the second service is more full than the first. All of you are used to sleeping in late now, eating a lot, lethargic in your movements. But hey, you're going to have to work tomorrow. So you got to get up. You got to go to bed early. Go to bed early tonight so you can get up early in the morning, get started, refreshed, refreshed and new. Isn't baptism exciting? I love seeing people get baptized, making their next steps with Christ. You know, whatever next steps it is, it's just beautiful to, beautiful to see people moving forward. I'm not just staying stagnant. I'm not going to just be a pew, pew warmer. I am going to move forward in my journey with Christ. And so it's, it's always beautiful. I, I just love it. Uh, we have, um, again, uh, we were talking about making a difference Christmas edition. You saw that, that Deb was talking about. That's going to be right out in the foyer in between Thrive Cafe and the kitchen. And so if God is prompting you to be a blessing to another family in need, uh, please walk by there on your way out and grab a card. We're just asking that if you grab a card that you'll spend at least $100 on that child in need and then bring it back by December 20th. You can bring it back earlier by December 20th, so we can, we can follow up with that, we can wrap it up, and then take them to the families that week for Christmas week. Is that good? All right. Uh, now, we are, we're in a series called Over, uh, Empowered to Overcome, because we are overcomers, and victory is our birthright. Now, we just have to figure out what that even means. We've talked about overcoming fear, we've talked about overcoming rejection, and we've talked about overcoming unforgiveness. And so now, all of you are just set free from all of those things, Right? That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Some of you are saying it by faith, hoping that one day that'll actually be true, but you're, you're walking in it. You're going to choose to apply the word, the messages, and the notes, and you're going to walk in it. So did anybody have to deal with unforgiveness this week or last weekend? Hey, now we've got to teach on the spirit, the lying spirit, overcoming the lying spirit because the rest of you, hey, listen, we all have hurts, really. We all have things that happen we don't quite understand at first. And so in the process of going through that, we had, you know what, I forgive. I can't hold on to that. I need to forgive so-and-so for doing this. And when they did this, it made me feel this. And Lord, I just blessed them. We, we need, that needs to be a practice. And so it's okay to admit that you're, you're going through a process of forgiveness. You're, you're, you're trying to work, you're working on forgiving people. It's a by faith thing. But the reason we built from fear to rejection onto unforgiveness is many of you probably have felt, if you truly process these, have started to feel a little bit more liberated, a little more free, a little bit more lighter. And uh, I've, I've talked with some of you that say, I feel lighter, felt weighed down. But now processing through these spiritual principles, you're starting to feel lighter, starting to feel more alive on the inside, starting to feel more awakened. And that's exactly what this principle, these principles applied really do for you. But the beautiful thing is they also lead us towards the ability to overcome sickness. And that's what we're talking about today. So I know not everybody in this house is sick, but what I, there are some people that have been carrying illnesses, ailments, issues, struggles that have been repetitive or have been with you for a while, and I believe God's going to heal you today. And for the others of you, I am praying, my, my desire is that God's gifts of healings will begin to get activated inside of you and awakened, and you'll become acclimated to be the very person that God has created and purposed you to be. 
But in order to do that, sometimes we need a biblical foundation and understanding. Our faith needs to be increased by some of our understanding while met with, here's what God's Word says on the rest of it that I don't quite get. I'm just going to trust God for what He can do. You good? That's, if we get there today, you're going to see some powerful things happen. If we get there today, you're going to begin to see some powerful, powerful things happen through you to bring glory to the Father by the way of Jesus Christ. I'll explain all of this as we go, but I want to start by reading a messianic prophecy. Messianic prophecy is a prophecy from the Old Testament that speaks to the coming Messiah. He has now come, yet the Jews still have missed him. They refuse to read this book, this chapter of Isaiah, when they read the book of Isaiah. So we're going to go to Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. He says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes, not we might be, we are healed. The chastisement for our peace. This peace, this word is shalom. This means the total well-being of your body, spirit, and soul. So when a Jew meets you and they say, shalom, my brother, shalom, my sister, they are declaring the peace, the total well-being, body, mind, and spirit over your life. But the cross, we have to understand there was a, a curse for blessing exchange that took place on the cross. This was a curse for blessing exchange. It, we deserved everything that Jesus got, but he gave us every blessing that comes through him from the line of Abraham. Because of our sin and our rebellion, we deserved what he got, but instead, he gave us everything by grace. Now we have to learn how to appropriate everything that we've truly been given by grace, because it's not dogmatic. It's not just because I'm saved. I already am walking in all of it. No, we need to understand who we are in Christ through the blueprint of his word so we can begin to appropriate the spiritual principles and the truth of his word so that we can become all God created us to be. Let's talk about the sevenfold exchange of the cross. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That may offend some, but it says it, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. This happens so that you and I may receive the promises of Abraham. Jesus became a curse on the cross for us to have access. So shouldn't it be, isn't it appropriate that we should learn how to access and appropriate, bring into usability these blessings that Jesus hung on the cross for us to use? Doesn't it seem fair? To me, it does. And so I'm going to go for it. And so it said, what is the blessing of Abraham? Genesis 24, 1 says this, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed him, Abraham 
in all things. The blessings of Abraham is that your life is blessed in every domain, every area of life. In everything that you do, you are walking in the fullness of blessings that is promised through Jesus from, from Abraham himself. And Jesus hung on the cross and he took seven curses so that we could have seven blessings. And when scripture says this chastisement was on him for our peace, the shalom, the total well-being of body, mind, soul, spirit, everything, this is what he took right here. Number one is death for life. Jesus told Lazarus' sister that he who believes in me will never die. If you're in Christ, you will never see death. And death is the most feared thing in life, other than public speaking right here, because this has rejection that comes with it, if you receive that. And so fear, people are, are so afraid. So Jesus took death, broke the power of death on the cross so that we would always, we would have eternal life. When you die here, you take your first breath in eternal transition. When, you, when earth, when you're no, no longer living on earth, it's because you are now living in a, your eternal destiny. You are living in heaven. So in the same way that you are being prepared for this life in your mother's womb, because you, you were in your mother's womb for some time, around nine months, sometimes a little less, a little more. Some of you wouldn't let go. And so in the same way, you are being prepared for your true life, the eternal life, Right now, in the decisions that you make, the things that you do, how you yield and surrender to God's will for your life will also have an effect on what your life looks like in heaven. But that's, another, that's a whole other series. But I'm, if we can get this thing about the bloodline, the, the blessings of Abraham appropriated, if we can get this understanding, you're going to see a lot of empowerment start to come in your life beyond overcoming fear, overcoming rejection, and overcoming unforgiveness. So death for life. Number two is sickness for health. We're talking about that today. Number three, rejection for acceptance. God rejected Jesus on the cross so that you and I will always be accepted. You will never be, be rejected by the Father. Oh, man, I am so thankful for that. Four, poverty for prosperity. Prosperity is having more than enough to do God's will for your life. He says your cup will runneth over. Why is it your cup going to run over? Not so that you can stack up a bunch of more stuff. It is so that you will have not only more than enough than you need, but you will have enough to bless and help the others around you who are in need. Prosperity in the biblical context says that supernaturally God brings his spirit alongside you to make a heavy load easy, or he brings people, others around you unexpectedly without you begging and asking to help do the work of the labor, lift the burden off of you, and that is biblical prosperity. You should never be afraid of it. You should always be asking for it. He wants to give you more than enough. He wants, to be, he wants you to be able to be a blessing to others through your life. Number five is defeat for victory. Jesus was defeated by the Jews so that he could bring victory over death to us. Victory in every domain of life to us. Complete shalom. Bondage for freedom. They bound him up so we could be free. And if you aren't, if you aren't walking in complete freedom, there's an answer for you. There's, a, there's an answer for you in this message, in this message series. In February, we're going to do a conference on freedom. There is a, there's an answer. There's way more titles, messages, uh, subjects geared towards you walking in complete freedom. And we're going to address those. Seven is punishment for peace. The chastisement was on him to give us total peace. 
We know that the total curse, 100% of the curse was placed on Jesus so you and I could receive 100% of the blessings. But we must learn how to appropriate those blessings to our life in every situation, every decision, every day-to-day life interaction. We got to take from what God has given us. It's not just a byproduct. It's not just, oh, it's already being applied. No, you have to take that And you have to learn to apply it to live this abundant life that we're promised. Because it is a birthright. Shalom, complete shalom, and the blessings of Abraham are a birthright through Christ Jesus. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes we are healed. Not might be healed, not will be healed, not could be healed, not should be healed, but you are healed. Now we got to figure out the alignment. So let me, let's just, let me t- begin a foundation of verses to get us started because this is not a one-size-fits-all. We have to go on a discovery. We got to do some legwork. We got to get active. We got to take on responsibility and be a little accountable. We got to get our hands dirty a little bit. So let's discuss a scriptural foundation for healing today. In John 14, 12 through 14, most, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will, all, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Is there any believers in the house? He says, thank you. He says, if you are a believer, you will do these things, and far greater things will you do than I've done. I see there's a little bit of a challenge of debate in my understanding of what Jesus is saying. It's clear. He says, if you believe in me, You will do far greater things than he has done while here on earth. He's going to be with the Father. He is saying, you do it in my name, we're going to do it together. All right. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation means to be made known. The, the, the movement, the power of the Holy Spirit is being manifest, being made known in you, through you, by you using the gift that God has gifted you because he says that each one has been gifted a gift for the benefit, for the use, for the blessings of all. The gift you carry is not for you, so quit holding on to it. The gift you carry is to be a blessing to those, a blessing to those around you. The gift given to each one for the profit of all, the overflow that you have is to be a blessing to the life of the others that are in the great need. The body is, your body is created to heal itself. The body is created in purpose and empowered to heal itself. But it's not because some people aren't believing this. And belief means I actively do it, I fully entrust my life to it, and I'm going after it. For, the one, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by this same Spirit, to another gifts, plural, of healings by the same Spirit. God has composed. We should be healing ourselves. 
Someone should be coming to you and say, hey, I have a need. Uh, can you pray for me? I've been struggling with this. Absolutely. Let's just be in agreement. Let's take it to the Father and let's watch him heal you right here, right now. That should be a natural instinct byproduct of our life in Christ and how we are obediently walking in relationship with him. And that is where when we begin to align ourselves with the bloodline, with the blessings of Abraham, when that is a first thought. And there are many people right here or in this world that are struggling with rejection, struggling with depression. And if you just understood what your real identity is in Christ, you would be amazed with how much God actually wants to use you and how much he wants to do through you. It is that very, yes, let's give Jesus some praise. Come on. In fact, in fact, if you are struggling with rejection or depression, you got to know, convince yourself already, oh, this must be because my identity is being challenged because of what God wants to do through me. This has to be an understanding that if I'm being attacked, it's because there's an adverse effect that God wants to help me to find in myself in him so that I can be useful for his purposes. It ought to be a natural byproduct. If I'm dealing with this, it must be because I'm trying to find out this and he wants to teach me this so I can do that. It must be an understanding that automatically, I don't just say, oh man, I'm just going through it. I can't believe it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I hope there's an answer at some point. Oh Lord, just please take me home. Oh, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. No, I can't find that in scripture. It's a great song. I loved it. I used to sing. I couldn't wait till they called that, that, that hymnal number growing up, but that's not the case. It's more like when we bring heaven right here, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Mark 16, 17, and 18. I think some of these people are like, these are charismatics, and I think they're going to get Pentecostal in here. <laughs> we do believe, believe in the day of Pentecost. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. That is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, what it's not saying is, don't go Jim Jones on them. Don't drink poison and Kool-Aid. Don't go there. Don't go play in a den or a pen of snakes. And they're not saying you should bring snakes to church. That church has a growing problem. It kind of has a reverse effect. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, as you go, as you are doing the will of the Father, as you are ministering from me in my name, should these things happen, don't worry, it's going to be okay. I've got your back. But stay focused on me. Do, do my will. Stay, stay present. Operate in my gifts. Focus on me. The same thing Paul was doing whenever he was arrested and he got, he got shipwrecked and he ended up on an island and out of a fire jumped a, a, a viper, bit him on his hand, and all the people said, oh, you must be a murderer, and then he shook it off and he was fine. Oh, you must be a god. He was doing the will of the Father. He was going after it. So look at this. Then why isn't everyone healed? It's a great question, right? Why isn't everyone healed? Mark 6, 5 and 6 says this. Now he could do, Jesus was on his way back to Nazareth. He, goes, he said, okay, I've started my ministry, and, and at some point I'm going to go ha have to go home and, and deal with some of those people that I saw. They were messed up in my hometown. Anybody have some messed up people in their hometown? Okay, uh, don't answer that. They may be here. This may be your hometown. And so, and so here Jesus is saying, it's time for me to go back to Nazareth. Time to get it done. 
He says, now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief that he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Here's the problem, the lack of faith and the unbelief in the space. Now, let me get it straight. Let me teach you right here when it comes to healing. If someone is praying for you for healing, it doesn't mean you don't get healed because you didn't have enough faith because the person praying for you, Scripture also says, it could be their faith that heals you. So somewhere, there's a little bit of unbelief or there's some lack of faith, or God is in the process of healing you and it doesn't just happen right then. So we have to understand that. Also, just like we are in this setting, some may have come in here saying, no, I'm dogmatic, I'm staunch, there is no healing. There's nothing that can show me and you can show me in the Bible. But now that you're here and you're being shown in the Bible, there's a little bit of an aha moment coming on. You're like, wait a minute, why did I believe that? And so it says that he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. He must have saw, well, they're not getting it. So let me go around and teach them a little bit about what healing is. Let me tell you, teach them a little bit about the, what the Messiah is, who I am, and what, what they have in me, who their Savior really is. Let me go around teaching. And in the going around teaching, with a little bit of understanding, faith starts to increase. So that's all I'm asking today. Challenge what you may have been told in the past with the Word of God. Let the, let the circuit of teaching take place so that the faith in your life can increase and the unbelief can go away. So God can do His work. Because not even Jesus healed everyone. But when he does, he heals in various ways. Sometimes his process of healing is to create an intimacy with us. Sometimes he speaks into our spirit, he begins a process of healing, and we know because we begin to discern his voice that he's desiring more intimacy with me. And through that drawing of intimacy... I begin to find more healing. I can begin to find more restoration. And all of a sudden, when I start to find some soul healing, soul restoration, my pains start to go away. What is this? You are a spiritual individual, spiritual being in Christ Jesus. Got to own it. Got to own it. Understanding how God heals and the different reasons people are sick. There are six major reasons for sickness. Number one is a poor diet and lifestyle. Hundred years ago, the food was completely different. It was meant to nourish. God's food was meant to nourish and heal. It was meant, it had a purpose. When today, food has been stripped down, its nutrients have been stripped away. It's here so we can, it'll last longer and we can grow more so we can get more people fed. But however, we're causing a poison, it's causing disease, and it's causing your immune system to change so it can't fight off the ailments it's supposed to fight off. It's addictive. Sugar is one of the most addictive things. Did you know Oreo, when taken, when a scientist took a, a test, an exam, when somebody ate an Oreo and another person took cocaine, the same parts of the mind light up. So your hit of Oreo is like that other individual taking a hit of cocaine. You can't just take an or, another Oreo, one Oreo. You, you want another and another and another, and your body starts to crave it, and it's a poison inside of you. Disease starts to live off that sugar. Cancer starts to live off that sugar. On and on. Fried foods, processed foods. Now, you don't have to be legalistic. 
but you just continue, you just change a little bit. You, the re, you can't have a Thanksgiving meal every day of your life. <laughs> Celebrating every day. The things we, that we eat cause our immune systems to break down. Many of our diseases are caused by a poor diet and stress. And by the way, stress is the number one reason for prescribed med- medications. Stress also is the number one cause for the top five killers to humanity. Poor diet and exercise. Number two, genetics or generational curses. Deuteronomy 5, 7 through 10 says this, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or is in the water under the earth. Verse 9, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me or live in rebellion to me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. It's really easy. If I just do what God's saying, I show that I love him, I obey his commands, he starts to align me with the blessings of Abraham, and my body starts to shift with it. My attitude starts to shift with it. The things that start to happen. But there's appropriation that takes place in the midst of all of this. You ever heard of the Kennedy curse? Thank you. One person has heard of the Kennedy curse. Well, let me explain to you. There's actually a book that chronicles the events of the Kennedys. It is statistically impossible for that many murders, our suicides, our deaths to take place in one family. It is a curse because of a lifelong generations of crime that is embedded in their family. It's true. And the answer is not fame and finance, but the answer is the bloodline of Abraham. Jesus didn't come to remove sin so that we wouldn't sin. Jesus came to remove sin and the curse so that we would have the fullness of the blessings of the bloodline of Abraham. I want to tell you a little story about my own self. As I got, after I got saved, uh, can, situations that are longer, more detailed than I can explain right here, caused me the need to move to Austin, Texas. So I, I moved. It was the only place I could find tr- public transportation, if that helps you. I lost my driver's license. It helped you. I'm just trying to drill you on in. And so I remembered a friend, a family friend of mine, calling me and said, hey, Nathan, you sure you're doing the right thing? You know, Austin's a tough place, and, you know, there's just a lot going on there. It could be a lot of temptation. And I was talking with my mom, and she says, if you go there, you're going to go back to just like you used to be and even worse. I said, oh, really? And another person, I remember in that same time, a friend friend was saying, yeah, you know, my mother always warned us about uh, your your family because of how your dad was and, and how his dad was and Oh, really? Okay. Well, I remember thinking, oh, you're talking about that polluted bloodline, the bloodline of the Harrington Maxi that, that I came from, but that's not my bloodline. You see, my bloodline is the bloodline of Abraham, and when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I accessed, I aligned myself with every spiritual blessing that come from the Father, Abraham, of my faith that flows through the cross of Jesus Christ and now is in me. But we'll see. And so I remember those accusations. And there are actually many of you, some of you that are waiting on that doctor's report or your doctor is saying, yeah, because your dad had this, you're going to have this. Your granddad had it too. You just need to get ready. Oh, you're talking about the polluted bloodline. I see you didn't know I was saved. 
Number three, demonic strongholds or a spirit of infirmity. Luke 13, 10, 16 says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. I tell you what, a move of God, people got religious people start getting upset when it's on the wrong day. Oh, you can heal on Monday and Saturday, but don't you be healing on Sunday. And there's another thing in that. Sometimes if you'll just take a day of rest, God may begin the healing process in your life. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? Water it. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham... Okay, Lord, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. The daughter of Abraham. Today, people would see her and say, oh, that poor lady, she's got a a bad case of osteoporosis. Bless her heart. I hope she's going to be okay. What's the spirit of infirmity? That's what she had. What is that? It is, you know the people, or maybe you've met somebody that it seems like every time you talk to them, they're sickly about something. They've been sick about this. They got well, now they're sick about this. They got well over that. Now they're sick here. There's people that are carrying this spirit of infirmity. They don't realize it, but they've become sickly and sickly and sickly, and no matter what they do, they can't stay well. A spirit of infirmity, though, is a demon spirit like fear. A spirit of fear, fear is not your emotion, by the way. It is, go back about three weeks, it is not an emotion that God has given you. It is a demonic spirit, and spirit of infirmity is the same, and it has to be dealt with likewise. You cannot educate a demon. You cannot medicate a demon. You cannot disciple a demon. You got to bind that sucker and cast it out in Jesus' name. So Jesus comes in. He lays hands on the woman. The demon leaves, and she stands straight up, and sometimes, not all the time, There is a spirit of infirmity or a spirit of affliction that is connected to an illness that these people that you and I know of are carrying. And all they need is for you to recognize that. Go lay hands on them. Let the gifts of healings operate through you because the body is supposed to heal the body and command that spirit of infirmity to go in Jesus' name. John, sorry, a sin or a lack, number four, a sin or lack of spiritual connection and covering. And this one is prevalent For those who, though they might be saved, tend to wander away from the church. They go in, they get excited for a little while, and change starts to happen. They think they're good, and they go right back out, not ready to go fight the spiritual battles that are out there. John 5 5 and 14 says this, Now a certain man was there who had a spirit, had an infirmity, 38 years. Or six, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said, um, sir, do you want to be made well? Because there's people 
that have found identity in their sickness, their shortcoming, their illness, their issue, their position in life, and they've owned it, they've claimed it, they've said, here's who I am, here's who I'm going to be. They get attention for it, and they get woes or me's for it. They might get a donation for it, or they might get some medical income for it. They might get some government check for it. So the question is, do you want to be made well? Continuing on. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the, into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Woe is me. Je- Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for your, you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude that began being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the, now he wants to go to church. Oh, I guess I need to to get myself in church. And said to him, see you. You have been made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. And maybe you have, or maybe somebody you know has, got a little spiritual. Something good happened in their life. Got a little healing. Got a little religious. Started going to church for a little bit. Said, no, that, that church, they're just, you know, church is just, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Got out, got out from under it. And now they're worse off than they were before. And they're like, I wish I'd have never gone to church. <laughs> That's a lie of the enemy. What you need to say is, you wish you would have never left the church. <laughs> I know. We walk in grace, though. We don't have to walk, walk around worrying, if I do anything wrong, I'm going to get hit in the head, or I'm going to get struck, or I'm going to get sick, and I'm going to fall down, and I'm going to be, be an invalid. No. But we certainly don't walk in blatant rebellion. We certainly don't walk when we're outside of the authority of God and, and in rebellion to God's authority. When, when we do, when we get outside of the covering, we are making ourselves vulnerable to sickness, to illness, to, to struggles, to pains, to emotional issues. The reason God's word guides us to be under spiritual authority is because spiritual authorities have already fought the battle that you're going through. They have authority because they have fought that battle. The first advice that I got when going into missions was my my mentor said, listen, you find as much authority as you can find and get under it. It's the same. You only have as much king. In the kingdom of God, you will only have as much authority as you're willing to get under. The spiritual authorities of an area have already fought that battle. They already know how to navigate through the struggles. They already know how to overcome the pains. And all you do is get into the blessings of what they've discovered and start sitting at the, at the chair and say, hey, how do we do this? What do we do? How did you get through it? And the answer is just like this, boom, 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 and now you're walking through it. Or you can stay in this battle, you can stay in this struggle, you can stay on the fringes, and you can continue to lament and complain and gripe and all the things that come along with that, wondering why woe is me, why won't anything change? Luke 6, 35, 38 says, But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful 
and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The number one act against God is rebellion. But number two is unforgiveness, selfishness, judgment, and a lack of concern for other people's needs. You know how I know that? Because of the first two commandments. The first, love the Lord with your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Number two, to love your neighbor as yourself. It says, according to the measure, God will measure it back to you. And you only get as much grace as you're willing to give away. And again, if you want to be a river of grace, you cannot be a dam of unforgiveness and judgment. I need a lot of grace. And so I've got to walk into moments with is- in issues with people and others and situations with a lot of grace first so that in my time of need, God will also give me that same measure from whoever or whatever the situation may be of grace so that I can grow, I can be stretched, I can develop. And I can find healing as well. Number five, unto the glory of God. Sometimes we are healed unto the glory of God. John 9, 1 and 3 says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. There are people that are sick because we are living in a fallen world, and he can't wait to use one of you to pray for them so that the Father can be glorified through you in Jesus' name. And these people are not being healed because the body is not being activated and taking it upon themselves and realizing I have the blessings of Abraham flowing through me. I am an advocate for God's healing. Let me do something about it. Yes. Six, unto eternal transition. Psalms 116 and 15 says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. God does not see death the same way we see it here on earth. We say goodbye. He's saying, welcome home. We have been prepared. You've done well, my good and faithful. Come on in. Let's get busy. Let's do some work. There's going to be work in heaven, by the way. You can find it in scripture. All believers who face illness before eternal transition are on their way to complete and total healing. While your body decays, your soul is being restored. Hallelujah. D, let's understand how God heals. I want to explain healings and miracles. A healing is oftentimes a process. It begins a process that over time, as we begin to adhere to God's way, his, his ways, his understanding, his commandments, his character, his nature, and we begin to thank him, and we begin to increase, uh, increase his measure by saying, Lord, more of you, more of you, less of me. When we begin to walk in this unity with him, healing begins to take place. But then there's also instantaneous, which is a miraculous healing that takes place. And in a moment when I pray, we're going to pray for healing. Some of you are going to be healed instantaneously. Some of you, are. there's going to be a beginning, a process of healing. But for all of us, It is for us to begin to walk in unity, walk in connection, walk in unison with our character, our attitudes, our behaviors, our thought life, our will, 
to be let go so his will can be done. And in that process, not only will there be an increase of healing, but there will be another measure of faith declared and brought up inside of you so that you can declare and you can begin to give that same healing that was given to you away to others in need. Never be discouraged if God doesn't heal immediately, though. Just begin to thank him and begin to walk in that nearness through obedience. There was a a lady that I prayed for that she ran marathons. And I don't know what was going on in her life. Something happened, and she was walking around in boots. She had to have boots on both feet, walking around like a robot. Everywhere she go, just like this. Six weeks. Six weeks. Finally, one day, I was on a, on a prayer team, and she walked out the back door on the opposite side of the church. And I, in my spirit, I said, she's coming over here to receive prayer. She goes out. She goes around. She comes in the side door and comes to me and asks for prayer for her feet. Well, thank you. Finally, you're, you're tired of wrestling with it. You're doing it your own way. Now you're going to receive prayer. So I, I, I sit down with her to make her comfortable, and I'm, I'm praying with her, and she has her hand on her knee. I say, can I put my hand on your knee to pray for healing? So I, put, I mean, on her hand. I put my hand on her hand, and I started praying for healing over her feet. I felt heat. I said, do you feel that? She said, no, I don't feel anything. Oh, it's okay. I said, just keep trusting God. Just keep thanking God. Nothing happened right there. Three days later, She wakes up, her feet start cracking and popping. She never has to wear the boots again, and she's back running marathons. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And just because it doesn't happen right there, don't walk like the city of Nazareth in unbelief and a lack of faith. Continue to trust God at what he can do, what he says he do, what what he'll do, and what he has already done on the cross according to Isaiah 53. I am healed in Jesus' name. Let's understand how God heals. Proper diet, exercise, and lifestyle. Now, I'm not talking about legalism, but transition to eat better continually. Our bodies are kinetic. You know, like a, you know what a Rolex, you know what kinetic is? You know what a Rolex is? Like, it just moves. It just starts working again when you just move it, just like this. Our bodies are like that. I got, this week, I, I wanted to take a nap, like my third nap of the day, but instead I said, no, Nathan, get up and go do some work outside. And once I got outside, I started feeling better. I got energy. I started getting mobile and getting some work done. We gotta, and whenever you want to take a nap, say, no, I need to get up and go do something. There's okay to take naps, but it, don't take your third nap in the day and say, I'm just tired. No, you are lazy. Get up and go do something. I'm calling you out. So proper exercise, diet, and lifestyle. Some of you might need to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you give me an empowering grace to change my eating desires. Right now, as I'm about to eat something, the Lord help me make good good choices. Uh, About to work, I know I need to work out, but I just don't want to. Lord, help me to get myself out of the house and go walk 100 yards and come back. Just start small. Just give me some empowering grace to get that done, Lord. Number two, forgiveness and walking in grace. We discussed that last week. We need to forgive, we need to bless, and we need to release people back to God. Unforgiveness is not just an open door. It's an open floodgate that not only hurts us, but it hurts the many generations around us. Number three, through spiritual covering and connection to the body of Christ. We have gifts of healings that the body is purposed to heal itself through. James 5, 14 and 16 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he is committed, has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And again, we're going to pray in a moment. We're going to pray for your healing. We're going to pray for the activation of healing, gifts of healings inside of you. There's going to be a prayer team up here that is ready and willing to pray with you, be in agreement for your healing. But let me be direct. There are some sicknesses that will not go away until you openly confess, I need to get under the covering of God's authority. He says, bring it to the elders. Let the elders pray for you, and then you will be healed. It's, there is some of you need to, are in here, they're like, I'm, I need to finally confess I'm committed to a body. I'm committed to to this leadership, I'm committed to God's church, I am committed. And you have to, you need to verbally say that because you've never actually done it. And in your heart, you've actually been on the fringes and in rebellion to God's way and his ways of authority. And you're dealing with the sickness thereof. But there are many times when we need to say, I just need some help, brother. I need, I need some help, sister. I need to confess some things that I've been going through. Will, will you pray for me? And that, that, that person needs somebody that loves them, that's willing to be the body of Christ and say, you know what? Yeah, I don't mind. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Whatever you need to say, let's talk about it. I want to pray for you. That's righteous right there. And God will do a lot of things right there. You're alone and going through it. Just do what James 5 says. And there's too many people that are struggling in life because they will not submit to God's authority, nor will they ask for help from a brother or sister in their times of need. And there's an extended hands of help that you just won't grab a hold of. Number four is doctors and medicines. I'm so thankful for doctors and people in the medical field. I am thankful for massage therapists. Man, a massage therapist can do some work. I'm thankful for the wisdom that God's given doctors. I'm thankful for all of those things. But whenever we're taking medicine, we need to think minimalist. We need to think, do I really need to take this pill? Or do I need to take this many pills? We need to think on that place. We need to read the side effects. Allie and I were watching the Thanksgiving, the Macy's Parade. A commercial came up this week, and it was like somebody that if you're struggling with, with breaking your hip or some kind of issue with your hip when you walk down, it's for elderly people. And it says all these side effects, half the commercial was the side effects. You may, it may be sudden death. There may be psychosis. There may be, you, your, your hip will be fine. You just won't know where you are for three days. <laughs> Don't worry. It's kind of fun. And so it's like, read. But then it says, hurry and, get, hurry and talk to your doctor about this prescription now. Really? Like, just pray about it. Just, do I need to take that? Is that good? Check the side effects. Uh, five, through prayer, meditation upon the word, and confession. Speak the word over your body. Find scriptures on healing and align your thought life with that. Meditating on that truth, what God's word says right there. Begin to declare, bless your body. When God began to teach me about healing, for whatever reason, I had this pain that would run down my forearm. And every time I touched it, the pain would go away. And I would just do like this. Pain would come back. Pain go away. Pain come back. Pain go away. Pain come back. 
pain go away. Pain. Just like that. I have no, no understanding for it, except for it's just a spiritual, a spiritual thing. God was teaching me. I, w- I remember going on a, on a retreat with the Lord for a week, and I, going up a mountain is one thing, but when you come down a mountain, it's a completely different situation. I had this big backpack, and all that weight just continually, continually coming down that mountain was just jarring my knee. And I, I got, when I got back to my hometown, I could barely even walk. Tried to go play volleyball with friends. I couldn't even stand up to do it. I was heading back to my condo, and I was going down the stairs, and I was like holding on to the rail, walking like this. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Halfway down in the, my staircase, I said, this is ridiculous. I just spent time with the Lord. I just heard him. I just spent intimate moments with him telling me about my future and what he had for me. And here I am hurting over my knee. So right there, I just took a knee, I just prayed for my knee, I laid hands on my knee, prayed for it, and the pain went away, and I never had to deal with it again. Some of you just need to declare over your body and bless your body. Be a blessing to yourself. Six, by taking authority over the devil. If you have been saved five minutes, you have authority over Satan. Got saved, finally you have authority. Cast that thing out. Get rid of it. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Not just some, all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Real quickly, let's talk about why, understand why God heals. Because he loves you. Plain and simple. Matthew 14, 14 says, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion. You know when Jesus sees you hurting? wounded, your soul, your emotions, your spirit, your body, he's moved with compassion. And he so desires to heal you. He also so desires us to get together in community. He never designed us to go it alone. And do you know you can be right here in this church right now in community, but yet going it alone? Because you fail to get involved, to reach out for help, to get invested, to say, you know what? I'm going to do life with this body or somebody. All alone in the middle of, the middle of a ton of people. We are, lo- we are God's children, and he loves us more than an earthly father has ever loved his children. Number two is this. Jesus experienced more sickness than any person in human history. I want to pray for you right where you're at. I want to pray for you because I know God is about to do a work. In the last service, a guy came up to me and he says, Pastor Nathan, as you were praying that ending prayer, I laid my hand on my wife because she's struggling with such and such. He goes, I felt the power of God move through my hand and my body got so hot and I just started crying. He goes, I've never felt that before in my life. I said, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. He believed. So I want to pray for you. You may not be sick. What I am praying, though, is that God begin to activate the gifts of healings inside of you. So right now, Father, I just call out the gifts of healings in Jesus' name. I pray that you activate those who you have already purposed and called to operate with gifts of healings in Jesus' mighty name. And right where you're at, 
even today, even now, maybe you're feeling a sense of warmth, a sense of uh, 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 almost like a, a, wow, a tingling feeling. Maybe you're feeling a cool sensation come upon you. I just want you to say, thank you, Lord. Just be in this place of thank you, Lord. Having an attitude of just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because where there is gratitude, the presence of God begins to increase in thankfulness. We enter his courts with praise and his, his, with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We enter into his presence with thanksgiving. And, and for all of us, I want us to help us to understand this generational switch from our polluted bloodline into the promised, the blessed bloodline of Abraham. So whether you're in agreement or whether you're declaring it, whether you're saying it over yourself or whether you're just in a heart, a receiving heart of saying, yes, I'm open, say yes and amen and yes and amen. Father, right now we forgive our generational line that has gone before us, the curses that has been, have been upon them because of decisions and poor decisions and misalignment. We forgive them right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we bless our generational line in Jesus' name. We pray for every spiritual blessing that you have for them in heavenly places. We renounce our spiritual generational line right now in Jesus' name. Every curse that has been assigned to our generational bloodline, we cancel it right now in Jesus' name. And we receive the bloodline of Abraham as our own and our birthright in Jesus' name. We declare from this day forward, we will have a pure bloodline in Jesus' name. No more sickness, no more disease will control us in Jesus' name. We expect blessing. We expect health. We expect favor. We expect freedom in Jesus' name. We expect every spiritual blessing that Jesus died for so that we may have. We bind every demonic spirit of infirmity, every spirit of affliction in Jesus' name. We command you to leave our bodies now. And we command everybody that was afflicted by this demon of infirmity and affliction to be healed right now in Jesus' mighty name. We declare total healing from the top of our head to the tips of our toes. Right now, migraines and headaches, I command you to go be healed in Jesus' name. Sinuses, eyes, I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. Earaches, blockages, I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. Thyroid issues, healed in Jesus' name. Throat issues, I command you to be healed. Neck issues, spinal issues, discs that are out of place, I command you to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Respiratory issues, lungs, kidneys, lymph nodes, hearts, digestive tracts, I command you to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Livers, spleens, lower back and abdomen, I command you to be healed right now in Jesus' name. All blood issues, all bone issues, healed in Jesus' name right now. Sciatic nerve issues, pelvic pains, damage previously diagnosed to reproductive organs, I command you to be supernaturally healed in Jesus' name right now. Restless legs, unresolved foot pains, joint pains, 
arthritis. I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. Depression, I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. While I was praying before this service, God gave me some words of knowledge, for maybe it's for someone in this room, but somebody's been struggling with a pulmonary disease, bronchitis, emphysema. Just command healing. I believe God is healing you right now in Jesus' name. Shoulder blade issues. I believe God is healing you right now. Before this service, I felt a pain in my upper, upper right arm. Somebody's been carrying that. And I, I believe God is healing you right now in Jesus' name. Inner leg, left inner leg, right here, just along the inner, inner knee. Someone's been struggling with pain right there. And I believe God's healing you right now in Jesus' name. The ball of your right foot, you've been carrying pain. Can't figure out what's going on. Why it keeps burning. It's giving you struggles as you get up. You don't even want to stand up. I believe God is healing you right now in Jesus' name. Discomfort and stiffness in your hand. You've had trouble with your hand. It's just stiff all the time. I believe God is healing you right now. I just want, if that's you, I just want you to move your hand. Right knee issue, lastly. I've been struggling walking, had to sit down often. Maybe you're feeling a warm sensation right now, a little tingling on it. I believe God is healing you right now. There was a lady in Honduras. I was in worship, and all I felt was like a breeze move across my finger. And I had an opportunity to give this word of knowledge. And she came forward. She said that she would had a, a cyst on her finger. And that her, her literally, her husband nudged her, <laughs> nudged her out of the chair because she didn't want to come up for prayer. She came up. We prayed over her cyst, went away in her finger. She couldn't even bend it. She began to bend it, no problem, no cyst. And I gave, I gave her a word. The Lord told me, I've been drawing her. I'm looking for relationship with her. I'm desiring intimacy with her. And I translated this to her, and she just began to weep. She said, this is the third time I've heard this this month. I'm telling you, sometimes God just begins to bring healing because he's drawing you into deeper intimacy. And if God has healed you today or begun a process of healing, I want to encourage you to keep thanking him and keep blessing your body and start a new diet, a new exercise regimen. Be obedient to his word. Declare the bloodline of Abraham over your body. Cancel the assignment of the doctor's reports. Lord bless them in Jesus name and say, that's not who I am. That's my polluted line that I used to be, that I came from. I bless them, but I renounce that. And I, my life, my family now flows from the bloodline of Abraham in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen and give Jesus some thank you?